Very good morning. It is Money Talk. Uh, it's eight minutes to nine. This is James Ross. And uh, it's time for us to take a view on Japan. And I'm joined in the studio. Uh, he's normally based in Tokyo, but he's here in Hong Kong. Neil Newman, investment strategist at japanmacro.com. Uh, good morning, Neil. Yes, good morning, James. Uh, nice to have you on the show. I mean, we've been following quite closely uh, the uh, the yen dollar over the last month or so, particularly as it's uh, fluctuated. You know, I think at one point it got to 152 to the, the dollar or thereabouts, but it's come down a bit from there. What's going on with the, with the dollar and the yen at the moment? Well, this, this is a... a something that really excites me because very early in my career uh, one of the first sayings I learned was the trend is your friend until it ends then it bends which is uh, an <laughs> old trend is your friend trend is your friend <laughs> and I think what we're seeing here is actually a reversal in the trend of a weak yen now the forces may be external or internal doesn't really matter the point is that the yen appears to have now bottomed and is now looking to move some somewhat stronger i mean in the if you go back a couple of years we had the yen dollar at around 103 i think at the beginning mm. of 2021 and we're looking at a 150 now so that's an incredible move for any currency i think i, I remember it being down about 80 at one point it was at one point and actually a very good friend of mine did a very nice trade and she's still holding the position so um so yeah i mean it's uh, it's it's a quite a volatile currency but it has a massive impact impact on uh, on Japan on the economy on the people um, and I think quite often we don't realize outside of Japan just how big that is so this is an important move and we've got to follow it very closely what sort of things does it impact well um, Japan think about food for example Japan's um, diet has changed over the years away from rice and fish and people like pasta and bread and things like that and none of that uh, is is grown wheat is not grown in Japan it's all imported mm. so Japan actually imports around 63 percent of the food it eats now and of course that's paid for principally, obviously, in foreign currencies and a lot of it being dollars. But maybe even more so, energy. Japan is very resource, um, is very resource poor. And so 94% of Japan's primary energy needs is imported and 97% of its oil. So whether the yen was weakening to that point, uh, I think middle of last year or towards the end of last year, where we saw the 150 level again, the cost of importing energy went from 3% of GDP to 6% of GDP. It's a massive bill. And so that, obviously, it's uh, push inflation that, that hits the, uh, the average person, industry, everybody, mm. and the voters. And, you know, you, turn, you see people turning against um, popularity of the government and even the Bank of Japan getting, getting some flack over it. Well, uh, you know, I'm sure we're very sympathetic to Japan and the Japanese for being in that position. And we can talk about what's caused that um, in a second. But I, I suppose what, what it does give is opportunities. And we're, we're seeing quite a lot of positivity about Japan generally at the moment, you know, with a move away perhaps from, uh, from, from a focus directly on, on China. Uh, but also, you know, the, the yen dollar being in the current state, that uh, does give the opportunity you know, for foreign companies who want to come into Japan, right? Well, exactly. The, um, and the conversations I've had over the past, past year with investors, um, principally because of what I've been doing, it's, it's actually stock market, but we have seen very large investment into property, hard assets in Japan. But the investment community seems to be out there, the foreigners seem to be out there waiting for the turn in the yen because although the Japanese stock markets have performed quite well in domestic currency and yen basis in dollars they haven't and yet you know it's a it's a it's a very 
familiar but equally forgotten market. Everybody knows big Japanese companies. Everybody kind of knows what they do. But the actual investment expertise has somewhat got lost over the years. So it seems to me that, you know, this, this is a window of opportunity at the moment with the weak yen to invest in Japan. And certainly there has been quite, uh, quite strong evidence of, of this, this happening. And as I say, the, the big foreign investors that I've been speaking to in America, through France, in Germany, and also Scandinavia are all saying the same kind of thing. Very interested in Japan, need to see the currency strengthen. What about property? I mean, property in uh, in Japan has has long been uh, seen as really very stable because it never really went up, never really went down. It was always uh, you know stable. But we are hearing quite a bit now that um, uh, mainland uh, folks are interested in buying properties in Japan, perhaps because that's some place to put uh, put their money. Um, is that going to affect the property market? Are we going to see some changes there? Do you think? Well, I think property. Um, so if you look at the, the Japan as a whole and property as a whole in Japan, yes, there's not an awful lot of, of, of volatility. It is, it is generally rising. But if you look at central city condominiums, they've actually been on a tear for the past 10 years. And these have been extremely strong due to migration effect of, of people moving from the countryside into the cities. So you've got to pick your spots in the, in the uh, Japanese property market. But more recently, there's been a lot of interest in commercial property, warehousing, things like that, which is all starting to pick up. There are some very good statistics on this that comes out of one of the ministries, which you can follow quite quite closely. But with foreign money coming in, not just Chinese, but um, there's a lot of buy. So Japan is one that possibly one of the very few places in Asia where you can actually own the freehold of, mm. of the property. Oh, okay. It's not leasehold. So it's very attractive place for um, anybody who's interested in a property investment uh, to do that. And also it's a great place to go and visit as well. So if you've got your uh, your own place there, it's lovely. Well, of course, the opportunity at the moment with the yen being uh, in the current state is that it's uh, relatively cheap, really, to go to Japan, isn't it? And uh, some great things to uh, enjoy. Um, just turning to inflation, one of the things, you know, from outside that, uh, you know, often puzzles us, uh, those of us who don't know too much about Japan, is you know what is what's going on with the Bank of Japan and what what are they doing with their interest rates? We hear so much about the Fed and so on, the ECB and so on, but um, Japan has this sort of slightly different way of looking at, uh, at interest rates, doesn't it? Right. So the Bank of Japan basically what they, there are three things they're going to do. They do um, one, they they maintain a negative overnight interest rate, and so they basically keep a lot of cash flooding around the market. So the idea is that money is very cheap and people should spend it. They peg the JGBs, so the 10-year JGB, they call it yield curve control, and they basically control interest rates that way, and then they have targets on inflation. They call it an overshoot policy, so really what they want to see, what the bank wants to see, is a core 2% stable inflation, which is normal. Mm. And it's close to all of that. It's nearly all done. It's nearly all fixed. So I imagine that we will see in the very short term those three things, the negative interest rates, the yield curve control, and this overshoot pl plan will be, uh, will be finishing. Neil Newman is investment strategist at japanmacro.com. Neil, thanks for joining us uh, 